Hey guys, Montel here, and thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Lots have been happening in the world of cannabis in the last couple of months, and I, I know that uh, you keep up, but just in case you haven't been, I think I just read something really just unbelievable here a few seconds ago that you know President Biden is going to sign a medical marijuana research bill, and it says here that it appears that in the next a bill that has has passed both the House and the Senate, a uh, bipartisan bill. President Biden will sign a bipartisan legislation passed last week to advance research into medical cannabis, according to multiple media reports. The bill known as the Medical Marijuana and Cannab Cannabidiol Research Expansion Act was approved uh, by unanimous consent in the U.S. Senate after the bill had passed in the U.S. Congress. Uh, over the summer. So it looks like uh, there's some headway being done there. And recently there was a brand new article that just came out oh, a couple of days ago that suggests that new research has found out that um, contrary to what was a popular belief, um, cannabis may be responsible for helping to uh, the brain to formulate new neural pathways as people get older. So as we've known for quite a while, that cannabis is a geriatric drug, has been treated as a geriatric drug in places like Israel for the last 12 years. Um, research has finally caught up to suggest that cannabis has a very special function in neurogenesis in the brain, especially in the hippocampus area, where it appears that by utilizing cannabis, it actually helps to create new pathways in the brain because as we get older, um, our endocannabinoid system seems to be reducing the number of CB1 uh, uh, connectors in the brain as you get older, just naturally. But when you stimulate it using cannabis, it seems to increase those numbers and keeps them at a level to help the body maintain homeostasis. So there's some great research out there. Um, we'll make sure we put it up so you can see it. And um, it leads me to my conversation that I want to have today with uh, a couple of people who have been in this business now for quite a long time. My next two guests are two mothers from suburbia who raised more than a few eyebrows when they decided to enter into the cannabis industry. Their, business is, their businesses are booming as they strive to educate people on the health benefits of cannabis and provide them with tools that will help manage their symptoms. Their medical marijuana a uh, cannabis dispensary in Maryland, Greenhouse Wellness, was recently ranked in the Inc. 500 list coming in at number 38, sorry, Inc. 5000 list coming in at number 38 for all health products. Dr. Leslie Apgar, Gina Dubay, thank you and welcome back to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. I think it, one of the things that I know that you guys have, have concentrated on uh, extremely well uh, through your business was making sure that you educated the masses and educated people as to why cannabis. And, you know, as we have seen all along, I mean, especially in the last 10 years, there's been well over 35,000 peer-reviewed study documents that have been published um, in the last two years alone. There's 3,500 in 2021, and I think we're going to eclipse 3,500 in 2022 of new research that's been done around the world on cannabis. And so we are finally getting to a point where the information is there. I mean, I, I keep hearing from 
interesting. Politicians, when they're being interviewed, well, the day we do enough research to validate, it's I feel like reaching in the screen and smacking them because you know the research is there. All they got to do is read what's available. Um, so I know this has been a real big part of what you've done in educating consumers who come to your dispensary. How's uh, the? How have you been, ladies? First off, and how about it's been for the last year and a half? We spoke about a year and a half ago. How's things been going for your dispensary? Um, it's been fantastic, Montel. I mean, it's it's definitely different this year as compared to last year. Uh, last year with COVID and with all of the PTSD and everything that our patients were having, so much anxiety, um, so much fear, um, our business was ridiculously thriving. Certainly it has slowed down. But happily in Maryland, we just passed recreational. So I think there's going to be uh, a resurgence. And what we're excited about is that it's basically just opening up everyday individuals to become a part of the medical program. Because as we've said for so many years, most recreational users are really treating something medical. They may just not be very aware of it. I've been saying that since day one. This whole idea of adult use versus re- or recreational use versus medical is an oxymoron because I think anybody who approaches cannabis rather than any other substance, they are doing so for a reason. They may say, well, it makes me feel better. Well, it makes me sleep better. That's a medical reason. It makes me less anxious when I get home. That's a medical reason. So, I mean, anybody who says that they gravitate towards cannabis, I think they're doing so for a medical reason. And I'm, I'm glad that we're finally starting to understand that, I think. Um, but what about Maryland? I mean, you know, Maryland has been has been tied up in just the legislative turmoil and administrative turmoil. Do you think we're going to see changes happening in Maryland? Are they going to get this right finally? I think we're getting closer to getting it right. Hopefully we'll have adult use roll out in the next six to 12 months. I think Maryland wants to get it right. There's still a question of will the existing dispensaries become adult use dispensaries? And we don't know the answer to that yet. We're waiting for the legislation to tell us that in Q1. But even if, even if let's say they decide to say that you, know, you got a medical facility, you can change it over to an adult use facility. You know, I've been to a lot of different different dispensaries all over the country. I think in Massachusetts, like you can walk into the same building and they literally in some places have like a wall down the right. middle opening and one side is rec, one side is medical. I don't know why they do it that way, but they still do. <laughs> and do, you think that, do you think that's going to be something that's going to be made available in Maryland? I do. I think what we're going to see in medical is you're going to be able to have a higher THC than you do in the adult use. So for those that are really sick with advanced disease, you'll be able to get a higher amount of THC in a purchase. Whereas in the adult use, it'll be a lower level of THC. We think it'll be capped at 10 milligrams. 10 milligrams in edibles, 10 milligrams in per dose. A dose with a hundred milligram amount being sold at any one time. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then obviously the the taxes will obviously be different, right? So in Maryland, we're a little unique that we don't tax our our medical patients at all, 0%. And so we're expecting some sort of taxation on the adult use side of it. So we, right. we agree with you, Montel. We'll probably have a situation where you come in and you turn left for medical, you turn right for recreational. We've been in dispensaries all over the country, as you have, and, and usually the medical patients get preference. Usually if there's two people that walk in at the same time, 
the medical uh, patients get seen first. So we would assume that that would be the case here in Maryland. You don't, you don't think they're going to try to replace the medical system with just straight up adult use? No. Mm-mm. It does not look that way. And, and um, I will say that, that Maryland's attention to detail and really trying to get a robust medical program out that is safe and tested, as onerous as it was to get the program up and running, we've been very pleased with their medical focus this whole time. Gotcha. Now, something big changes have happened with your dispensary, haven't they? You know, we've been very active during the COVID times. We saw hundreds of patients more than usual. We went to a curbside model so that our patients didn't have to come in during COVID, but rather place their orders online and just swing through and pick them up. One of the things that we've been doing lately is focusing on women's health and our new product, Laceva, which is designed for women. And what yeah, makes so, it different? It's, I mean, there, you know, for those who don't understand, maybe doc, you can, you can explain this to a lot of our viewers, we have, there's been recent research that has proven that males and females actually process cannabinoids differently in their bodies. What a shock, right, Montel, that we might process yeah. medications differently, male, female physiology. But it's, it's really true. And what Gina and I saw when we opened up our dispensary is that there was nothing designed for women. There was nothing um, attractive or appealing. And quite honestly, the industry has really just been a recreational industry masquerading as a medical one. And we thought this is ridiculous. So once I learned a little bit more about the physiology and the cannabinoid system and the way that we process these medications and the therapeutic indices of these different medications, I said, listen, let's actually make products that are the appropriate dose, the appropriate potency, and that are reproducible. Because what happens oftentimes in this industry is you find something that you like, and then when that batch runs out, you can't get it again. And so it's really frustrating for patients not to have the same ratios of CBD to THC, say. And so what we did is we made a very low potency um, a vape pen was our first iteration. And we made it uh, one-to-one with about a 30% um, potency. And it flew off the shelves. Men and women wanted it. They said, I've been looking for this my whole life. Why is nobody else doing this? But the industry is, is designed to be bigger, better, stronger. And that's not necessarily the right way to approach cannabis medicine. You really need to be sophisticated and deal with Absolutely. patients as individuals. So it's really the only thing I get. Yeah, I mean, because one size doesn't fit all. I will tell you that I've had a product out for years now that is varied combinations of THC, CBD, and particular terpenes to elicit responses. So I have one that is a 95.5. I have another one that is a 50-50. I have another one that is a a 90-10 CBD to THC. 90% THC, CBD, 10% THC. And then I just put out another one just recently in Massachusetts which has not only THC, but it's got four. It's got THC, CBD, CBG, and CBC all together in the same pen. Again, looking to actually allow the patient to really titrate themselves. Exactly. And that's what we like the best. What's that? Mm -hmm. That's what we like the best. We want our patients to be able to go about their day without large psychoactive effects, but yet get the calming and anxiety reducing effects of something like placebo. It also tastes and smells 
very refreshing, unlike cannabis. So they can do it discreetly wherever they are. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think that that, that combination of CBD seems to help with the anxiety effect that you can get from high THC products. I mean, absolutely. I a lot of times that uh, people come in, I have a one that's called energy and that energy literally is 95% THC, put 5% CBD on top. And it's just enough to buffer down that edge. So you can get the euphoria that you want, depending on how much you take. But at the same time, even as you get more euphoric, you don't seem to have the anxiety and all that, that angst that goes along with a high THC product. Right. And Montel, the mother nature knew what she was doing. I mean, the plant oh, it was designed for a reason. And, and I think we fall away from that sometimes in traditional medicine, but to have as many parts of that plant included in our dosing strategies is a really smart way of moving forward. And I'm delighted that we have more studies coming out. We're actually, Greenhouse has participated in a couple studies. We're excited about it. Um, I just can't wait to have actually sanctioned studies in our country that we can then use and 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 grow from and get better because that's the whole point is that we want and, to get better. We want to help each other get better. And I mean, isn't it kind of, it's just ridiculous to me, the fact that, you know, when we say uh, we want to see more studies, I mean, come on, they've been studying cannabis at the University of Mississippi now for 50 years. We've been funding yeah. studies in Israel for 50 years. The data is out there. We just have tried our best to hide it, conceal it, and not let the public really know the truth. Because, you mm -hmm. know, until Big Pharma can figure out a way to extract and turn it into their own product, um, I think they're going to try to keep pushing us down. I'm so glad that you're going to get involved in, in research. And I think that, you know, what's going on with this new bill, it's going to expand the opportunities for more or different individuals or different different organizations to step forward and ask for federal funding to research. You know, right. we did our own small study with a thousand women. And what we found was six out of 10 are kind of curious and 74% of the millennials are definitely curious. And so we see the, uh, the range of people who now are accepting cannabis as another alternative to healing. And the, the other part of that, study, uh, just real quick, the other part of that study that was so interesting is that women were more likely to enter the cannabis space if cannabis was an option um, offered up by their physician. And that's the problem, right? Is that our physicians and our healthcare providers don't know enough about the fact that we even have an endocannabinoid system, let alone cannabis as medicine, but the legitimization of cannabis that your doctor might recommend it. I can't tell you, I mean, Gina and I see so many patients that are now referred to us a few years now that we've been open compared to in the beginning, everybody was afraid of it. But now physicians are seeing that their patients are getting better with cannabis where traditional pharmacologic methods have failed them. So we really just need to educate everybody, educate the providers, educate the community, educate the patients. And, and, and are you doing that through online or how are you doing? Are you holding events? Are you getting the, the, the community together and, and doing tutorials? What are you doing? All of yes. the above. All of the above. <laughs> yeah. All of the above. Yeah. I actually speak for a, um, an international group of doctors um, that I have a, another lecture coming up in a couple of weeks. And I am an editor for a, a cannabis journal. And so we um, educate each other in those formats as well. But it's, 
My passion though, is the one-on-ones that I do with the patients. So uh, patients can contact me and they do from all over the world. And I jump on a Zoom or I jump on a call with them or we correspond by email. And I love that education. I love being able to reach across the phone and touch somebody's life and really help them in a place where they were incapacitated and they, they couldn't imagine another day with the kind of pain that they were suffering from. And what's really fun for Gina and the rest of the team at Greenhouse is that they get to be those individuals now because now everybody at Greenhouse is so smart about right. cannabis medicine that they get to do it. And so Gina and I get to sit back and watch our little fledglings leave the nest and um, and fly and soar and help people. So it's a it's a ripple effect. It's it's incredibly satisfying. We also yeah, 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 go ahead do the shameless plug right now, the selfless plugs. Go ahead and tell where can people go if they wanted to ask you more questions directly? They can go to www.greenhousewellness.com. It has links to Leslie and I or www.blaceva.com. And that tells you about the products and what we have available. Gotcha. We're good. You were going to say something else, Dr. Alcar? No, I just, I'm just so grateful for you. I, we told you this last time on tell, but you've been fighting the fight for a long time. And, and I really do appreciate that you are as stubborn as me and Gina and that you have not um, stopped the, the, the forward motion. And we really appreciate the forum to, to kind of educate and allow people to live better lives. It's just, it's, it's um, COVID really, I think brought a lot of this out and, um, I can't even tell you how how much busier we got with with COVID. It was astonishing, but the the mental anguish, the anxiety, the PTSD. Our society has a problem, and it's about time that we start to fix it. Now, cannabis is one tool in our toolbox, but it's a pretty powerful tool, and I use it as a segue to teach people about all the other things they can be doing to kind of lead their their best lives. But it's time that we listen, right? I mean, the, the course we've been on is not working. So it's, it's well, you know, time what I get, See, it's so refreshing to hear that, hear you say that, and hear you, the two of you talk about how important education is. And I, I got to tell you, I am a little bit jaded on our industry because, you know, over the course of even since COVID, as, you know, we've opened up the doors, you know, this industry is doing so much when it comes to B2B. I think we talked about it the last time we were together, but we don't do as much as we need to do from B2C. You are, but not a lot of the rest of the industry is. Yeah. And even, even today, I, 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 you know, I looked at it and thought about, you know, I, I'm glad that we just, that the president's going to sign this bill, but you don't hear anything, anything from the national news organizations about groups that have just lobbied today in Washington, D.C., or groups that have, have uh, set about, you know, bombarding the politicians with the fact that, you know, number one, they're all just happy about getting tax dollars. They should be happy about lessening the burden on their constituents. I mean, we do yeah. know for a fact that for at least the last 12 years, Israel is considered cannabis a geriatric drug because they recognize that it reduces the number of drugs that they're constituents need to rely on. Cannabis could do the same thing here, but we are so beholden as a government to big pharma and the checks that they write that, you know, it's even like, you know, five weeks ago when the president had his press conference talking about the fact that he wanted to, to force the DOJ to a, a, a quicker move at rescheduling and looking at the scheduling of cannabis. 
that was the only story that they they played. They played that for two days, gone, as if yeah. that wasn't that important. And well, we also need safe banking. We need to be treated like any other business, and that certainly has not happened as of yet. But I think, see, uh -huh. one of the things about that is it's like the cart before the horse, okay? Uh, safe banking will make it better and easier for the businesses to thrive, but at the same time, until we convince consumers that it's something that they need to have, they're not going to reach out to their congressmen and senators and tell them pass yeah. a damn bill. So, yeah. I mean, the cart horse thing, I mean, I think chicken egg, I think right now we need to be doing, look, this business made, this industry made legally in 2021, 25 billion plus in revenue. We know for a fact that the gray and, and black market, the illicit market made somewhere around two times that. So that's another 50 billion. That's $75 billion worth of cannabis sales in a country that it, that eclipses every other vertical of sales in America. Sold more than milk. Milk only say, sold $18 billion worth of products in all the grocery stores across the country. There are more grocery stores so, than our dispensaries. So, Montel, I'm going to break it down for you. I saw, I saw a statistic that was fairly horrifying to Big Pharma, not to me. But the legalization of cannabis would result in about 66 percent less big pharma drugs being sold and i can tell you that on the ground boots on the ground they're shaking what, in their boots yes what we see is patients with laundry lists of medications 20 25 meds that bring that down to zero or three or a few and it's not like they're replacing one addiction with another we're getting people no. off of opioids off of benzos, off of sleep agents. They're getting off their medications. They're reclaiming their life, but that's a big hit to big pharma. And there's a serious reason why cannabis is not legal in this country. Especially when we recognize and take a hard look at the fact that there's not one politician running for office that didn't get a big check from some big pharmaceutical company 100%. if they're on one side or the other to make sure that they keep perpetuating this garbage. Um, right. do you see a light at the end of the tunnel in any way, shape or form? Is it going to be wait until there's more GWs in the world to, to turn this around? Uh, does, does Pfizer and Eli Lilly have to now start trying to, you know, synthesize rather than use the plant, synthesize something that we know won't work again, the same way as Marinol doesn't work. Sorry. Well, um, we are, I would hang Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I want to hear what you have to say first, G. We are hoping that the schedule changes because if it comes off a of schedule one to schedule two, we think that more people will accept it and big pharma won't have a noose around the whole industry. But then if it becomes, if it becomes schedule two, then big pharma is going to go after legislating the fact that it has to be a prescribed drug, turn it over to us. That's what my fear is. I would hope that instead of going schedule one to schedule two, it just gets descheduled. Boy, there would not be Come on, we, if yeah. we can sell melatonin, we can sell melatonin, if we can sell, you know, ginseng, if we can sell ashwagandha, if we can sell radiola, shashandra, all these other adaptogen types of, of, of herbs, why can't we sell this as an adaptogen type of herb? I just think we just, our country and the world just needs to wake up. I just, this is intuitive. Humans have always had cannabis medicine around. It has been a part of 
our DNA for thousands and thousands of years. And at some point, there's going to be enough horses out of the barn that the people will be able to speak and demand change. And the only way that's going to happen is if we continue to do what you're doing right here today, Montel, which we appreciate, is educate the population. Because I do, I do have... I'm, I'm with you that a million percent. Education, education, education should be like location, location, location to the, you know, uh, the people who are real estate agents. Education, education, education should be the mantra of our industry now. Um, you know, I hope that I can you know, shore you guys up and keep putting you up on a pedestal to make the rest of the industry stop and take a look. You know, you know it, it's going to be paying attention to the ladies in the house before we, we can move. Because as long as you got, you know, a bunch of dudes who are just reaching out to their homeboys, there's not going to be any education. Yeah, we know that when we lift women up, we lift up society. And women are the ones making the healthcare choices for their families a lot of times. And so when we take care of the women in the world, it's it's going to get better for everybody else. And it's something, like I said before, we're as stubborn as you are, Montel. I mean, we are dogs on a bone here. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up trying to do this the right way. We're not going to give up with the way that we think that cannabis should be dosed and the way that it should be reproducible, predictable medication with multiple different dosing strategies that pay attention to the metabolism and the um, various differences that everybody has so that it is very personal. And so we're just not going to give up. We're not going to give everybody Everclear with their beautiful salmon dinner, which is what basically cannabis medicine is doing. We're going to give them a really soft Pinot Noir that elevates all of the notes in the salmon and the, the rice pilaf that accompanies it. It's just, it's so silly that we can't get out of our own way with higher, 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 higher THC. That's not the right answer. I mean, our receptors can only accept so much THC. And after that, it becomes toxic. Well, please. I mean, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell again, I agree with you. We're like, we're like hoses, you know, trying to put out the fire together. Cause I mean, we're, we're preaching to the, the choir here. I mean, uh, literally I have been on this thing for a, quite a long time that I do not understand. I don't get the fact that somebody, well, you know, again, if you go back to the sixties, this is a, a legacy issue in cannabis in America, because most people don't know that in the early 60s and 70s, in the northern western parts of America, we were trying to grow all the other secondary cannabinoids out of the plant, try to push a plant as high in THC as we possibly can. And somebody thought, oh, well, there's a difference between 29% THC and 28%. Stop the stupid. There's no difference. And, and honestly, the only difference is that you, you may make my Euphoria lasts a little longer, may, depending on my individual metabolism, it may, but it probably won't. There's no difference between, I, I can remember, you know, and, and how I date myself, uh, I'm, I'm older than both of you, um, but, you know, I mean, I can remember back in early 70s, oh, 68, 69, when I first started using cannabis myself, and I think back then, you know, if you had tested and anybody was had the ability to really do some good spectrographic test on cannabis back then, you probably would have found that the highest THC levels in America were around 13, 14, maybe. Exactly, Montel. Exactly. How about, let me explain something to you. The reason why I even bring it up is because I will tell you that I don't, I produce my own product now and the products that we produce, you know, we're using some phenotypes that have, you know, 26, 27% only because I, there's something 
I, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but there just seems to be something in the cleanness of that THC at the 24 to 26% mark. But I will never achieve the same euphoria that I achieved back in 1970. Well, that's because what we told you, the, the plant does it better than we do, right? And yeah. so all of those minor cannabinoids and all of those yeah. terpenes, terpenoids, flavonoids, all of that comes together to create magic. And so the more that we can reclaim that knowledge and reclaim what the plant used to be, the closer we're going to be to really getting ourselves out of trouble. I tell you, I hate when people come in and say, what's the highest THC you have? Mm -hmm. And it's like 40%. And that's what they want. They don't talk about terpenes or anything else. And that's the most ignorant. You know, I, I, I have, I literally do a lot of pop-up visits. I I'm, I'm in, I think it's 39 plus dispensaries in Massachusetts right now. And so I go to mass almost every month. I'll be going this month, going over January and I'll pick four or five dispensaries and we go visit them all. And I get to actually interact with and try to explain to those patients coming in or those people coming in why I created the product the way I did and what I think it does and why it works for me this way. Making sure that I explain to them though, what works for me one way may not work for you the same way. However, there's been a range that I've seen now during my own little study with people who have actually purchased the product. They'll come back and say, well, you know, I really think your, your uh, uh, energy hits me better than your relaxed uh, and, you know, or your sleep. And I, okay, I explained that's probably good, but make sure slow as you go, because you can literally overhit that energy. And the next thing you know, you're going to be someplace you didn't want to be. So let's slow down take an inhalation and you don't have to go after the biggest inhalation you want. Just go after right. a little take, take a little bit, sit on it for 10 minutes, understand what's happening to yourself. Then before you add on to it, just very micro dose it on as you add, because you know, it's, it only, I, I'll tell you something. This is my own product. And about a month and a half ago, I, I, for, for a stupid reason, I had run out myself. Uh, I live in Miami and, um, you know, I went about five days without using my energy. And, you know, I got off the plane, got into to mass, made sure I bought my brand new product, wanted to be sure I got my own product real quick and got some. And, I, you know, I'm headed to a dispensary. And I went, yeah, you know, I, I could really just need that feeling. I took a couple of big rips and, you know, um, I literally got out of the car and I looked at Keith and said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, this, is, this is me, a 30-year user. You know what I mean? I'm mean, a 25-year user. I'm like, oh, oh, it took me at least 20 minutes to get myself back together again to be able to at least talk to the people who are walking the door because I just, it, you know, once you get it in, it ain't going Oh, out. well, you know what? You're human, Montel. That happens to the best of us for sure. Yep, yep, but exactly. I, I think I'm going to let my patients call you because you're doing everything <laughs> that I'm doing and you're doing it just as well. I'm very impressed. Well, we you know, I, 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 may, I may be stepping into the Maryland market here. So I was going to say, come visit us. Come with okay. us. Well, you know, yeah. I'm from Maryland. I'm from Baltimore. And, uh, you know, I go down and try to get in to see family from time to time. But, um, you know, I'd love to see if we can maybe do do some sort of a little partnership or at least if you carry other brands. I'd love to be able to be have mine on the shelf there so people have some opportunity. To, we would love to help you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we've also got some very interesting, I've got some very, very interesting proprietary delivery systems that no one is really working on right now. So, you know, we should talk. We should talk. I, I want to get your, your take, though, here as we speculate or 
let's say, crystal ball. This first move by Biden, I think, is a good one. But, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I, here I am, the jaded guy that I am. But, you know, homeboy was talking about doing something in the first 100 days. Here we are two and a half years later. Sorry. <laughs> uh, did, I, did I yell that? I'm sorry. You're a thousand days. Thousand. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so a thousand days later, we now have a measly little, let's give you a research bill. Uh, what, what is, what's your crystal ball saying? Another thousand days before we see movement, will it take a different administration to give us movement? You know, I, I, I don't, I hate to say it this way, but you know, I think we falsely put too much, I don't know, um, uh, uh, give too much weight to the current president and the current vice president on this issue. I don't think, first off, the vice president was never a friend. And, you know, made sure that during her tenure as attorney general, you know, the numbers of people arrested for nonviolent cannabis offenses in California were through the roof. And we've heard this president, whether we want to admit it or not, keep saying it over and over again. I think this could be a gateway drug. Stop. Ah! Um, what do you think? <laughs> Well, I think what we're going to see is the Safe Banking Act. Cory Booker and Chuck Schumer are pushing that. I think that'll be the next thing through the gate. And sadly, I think it's probably the last thing we're going to see during this administration. Just my humble opinion. Yeah. And I'm cynical like you, Montel. I don't, I don't necessarily. I think that at the end of the day, nobody really has what it takes to, to stand on that wall and to say, here's the line and I stand behind it. They're so afraid of not getting votes or what have you. It's so don't the two of you remember? I just look back five years ago, six years ago. Um, no, more than that. Eight years ago, there seemed to always be a group. I don't care if it was normal or DPA or LP, MPP who were always down in Washington D.C. making noise, making good noise, and now all of a sudden they're gone. Where are you? Well, I think that so many states now have a program, whether it is medical or recreational. So I think that their hard work really did pay off to some degree. I think a lot of Americans now have access to cannabis. But have we won the war? Not even close. No, not even close. There's so much more work to be done, for sure. Well, I tell you, I would love to, to figure out a way to get a junket together with the two of you and me, and let's go down to Washington, D.C. and make some good noise. Let's we're do it. Huh? We're yeah. in. I'm, I'm definitely in too. I mean, we could definitely make, I think we it would be one of those things that would would stop people in their tracks to make them want to uh, at least stand up and listen. And I also think that, you know, one of the things that, that this industry needs to do is going back to touching the customer. You know, we think that we can do anything we want to do through this medium. And this is what we're forced to use these days. But you know, the generation that needs this the most, which is the baby booming generation, isn't a generation that really likes being on the internet. They're not a generation that likes talking to people in little boxes. This no. is a generation that likes to talk to people face to face. Yes. They want, that's, that's the reason why, you know, there are still all these huge selling tours for this, that, or other all over America where thousands of people will show up in a room because they like to be touched. And if you look at the demographic of who's sitting in that room, they're probably most of them are about 60 and older yeah. because they have the time, they have the disposable income. We need to really go after that, that group. I think. Well, I think, I think humanity was really destroyed 
during COVID in so many different ways. And when we lose our humanity, I mean, what's the point, right? So what is at our core business model is maintaining that humanity and that, mm-hmm. that, that personal touch. And even with our curbside model, we are right up with them, interacting with them, having conversations. Gina and I are like on the curb, high-fiving people and like mm-hmm. hanging out and everybody's saying thanks for everything you've done. We are we so appreciate you. But that connection that we have with our patients right. is everything. And you're so right. You can't do it behind a computer screen. As much as I have had to do it by phone, especially when people don't live here in Maryland, it's so much more important when you can do it face to face. And so we still offer that. We still do consultations for our patients and we are able to touch their lives intimately in that way. And we're grateful because that's, that's where it's at Montel. You hit the nail on the head there. So I think it's going to be, you know, we're, we're at a point where I think the world has seen what the non-personal touch can do. And it's right. time to start reaching back out and having some human contact. Um, and, you know, I think, excuse me, I think one of the reasons why it, uh, the people who are leading the path, well, I, I, you know, I've done now, mm, what are we up to, Keith, 220, 230, let's be blunt with Montel. And, you know, whenever I have women on talking about cannabis versus men on, there always is a more of a personal touch. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I um, and so I, when I look at this industry, you said it earlier, Doc, that, you know, women will lead the way. How come there aren't more women leading the way in this industry? Gina can tell you a thing or two. That's a really good question. I mean, here in Maryland, while there is um, the thought that it is racially diverse and female versus male diverse, it is not. I mean, combined, we probably compose less than 10% of the dispensaries here in Maryland. And I think for women, largely, it's, you know, women don't have the risk profile to bid these things, but there also is no um, accommodation for diversity for women or anything else. What we're seeing now is big industry, big multi-state operators coming and just taking the state. And then it just becomes transaction oriented as opposed to people oriented. Absolutely. I do know some people who have been involved in you know, in Massachusetts who have worked in dispensaries and all of a sudden one of the multi-state players comes in and they basically throw out the humanity. Yep. Just thrown out the door. Let's just make sure we can shove as much product down people's throats as we can. And they could care less about, you know, incentivizing that the, I hate the term butt tenders, but incentivizing them or even actually showing them any respect. They're just an employee like McDonald's, get that burger out the door or, or walk out you the know, door. You know, Montel, honestly, Gina and I have been in businesses of our own for a while now. And I have to tell you that when you put out a good product and you do it with integrity, when you design your entire business model based on that, you usually are a success. And that is something that, again, we're incredibly stubborn, but we're focused on doing things the right way. We've always said that at the end of this rat race, it's all going to be about brands. And it's going to be about brands that are reputable and expected, that you know what you get. Say you go to Tiffany's and you see that powder blue box with the ivory ribbon, you are smiling before you even unwrap the box because you know what is in there is quality. And that's what we are trying to do for this industry is focus on brands, on trustworthiness, on education, on commitment to excellence across all aspects of the way that we do business. And quite frankly, I think we're just too old and too ornery to do it any other way. And, and the other thing is like, 
we don't have to work with people that we don't enjoy and that we don't like. Like we get to be a little choosy at this point. And I'm so grateful for it because right. it just really makes it a lot more fun to wake up every day and do what we love to do. So do you think there's going to be more space for women made for women? Or do you think we're getting ready to go down the, the same path that we go down? <laughs> I would like to tell you, I think there's more space and I believe that there's more awareness of the need to get diversities involved. But the truth of the matter is, no, I don't. I think the MSOs are going to come in and sweep up most of the industry. Wow. If people wanted to find out more about your dispensary, where would they go? You can get out the, 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 the shameless plug again. Come on, plug. www.greenhousewellness.com or www.blaceva.com. And you know, I'm I'm getting ready to. I'm, I just uh, signed up with a group that has been working on some very very interesting technology. Technology that, using your saliva, they can kind of determine how you individually can be affected by THC and or different cannabinoids. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that's something that's coming down the pike. Are you working with anybody like yeah. that yet? Yes, we actually, I, I'm tied into that through the journal, but um, clearly the different metabolic pathways are of great interest to all of us because obviously like take Gina and me, I mean, Gina can take a higher dose of THC <laughs> and be fine. And I take anything more than two and a half milligrams um, by mouth. And I am like having an out of body experience. I mean, it's just funny the way that our bodies are so different. But those pathways, those metabolic pathways and the way that we process that somebody has more enzyme than another person, that's going to be everything. That's the individualization of medicine that may actually happen in the cannabis world before it happens in the traditional world. But either way, it's got to happen. I would love to partner with you in Maryland. So if you're looking for somewhere we're in, because we think that's the next logical step, and maybe it's the intermediate step for people to stop saying I need 40% THC, but rather I need these terpenes for me. Right. Okay. I, I literally have, uh, you know, I know, you know, that I've been, <coughs> excuse me. That's my little puppy in the background. <laughs> the storm. He's a uh, eight, eight, seven and a half months old. <clears throat> Every time he hears me cough, he's going nuts. Um, <sighs> so sorry. Uh, you know, I've been working uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't know why, but when I first got diagnosed with MS, um, you know, I went down the path of the doctors and because doctors at the time only knew of opioids to treat pain. And, you know, I was pushed down the line almost to point of being opioid addicted. I didn't find out until after the fact that I'm one of those people who really should probably never be prescribed opioids for any more than a day and a half because my body literally doesn't process them the way others do. So there was a period of time that I was, you know, literally doctor shopping and, and eating 14, 15 Vicodin in a day, oh. eating, you know, and back in doc, you know, this one, Talwin, you know, I was like chewing on 12, 13 Talwin in a day. Uh -uh. And, you know, to the point that the 12th one, I could still function the 13th one I'm drooling in the corner. So yeah. um, I had one of my doctors said, I'm done with you. I'm not going to write you any more prescriptions. And I know who you're shopping with. So I'm writing them letters and tell them and don't write you any more prescriptions. And I'm going to try to put you on a list. And he said, but I think Monta, what you ought to do is you ought to, you're a smart guy. I've heard from some of my patients that, and this is a Harvard trained doctor. He said, I've heard from some of my patients that this cannabis stuff, this marijuana stuff works. There's some weird one. I don't know. Uh, CBBB doo doo. I don't know what it is. You look it up. You figure it out. This was back in 2001. 
And so I started searching for CBD products back in 2001, came across, you know, a vendor up in Northern California who literally had a very high, at the time, high 13% CBD um, in his plant and was trying to throw it away, getting rid of it, didn't want it. He's like, I don't need this shit. You want it, you can have it. I got Keith, I got uh, like pounds of Keith back there. I'll give it to you. So I literally started using that back in 2001. Now, we also do know that in the journey of cannabis, our journey changes. So there was a period of time that I needed higher CBD than I needed THC. And then there was a period of time that I needed better, more THC than I needed CBD, but I needed the two together. And I joined right. that way. And then I started studying back. This is, I, I went to see Raphael Mashulam in his laboratory back in 2011. And he was telling me that, you know, you really need to pay attention back then, pay attention to the terpenes. So back in 2011, I started really paying attention to terpenes and tried my best to study them as much as I possibly could. So, you know, all of my formulations now are based on that research that I've been doing. So anytime an article comes out about either plant-based or botanical-based terpenes, I look it up. I recognize that what's going on in the industry, which I'm really pissed off about it in some ways, is that, you know, you can get a vape pen depending on where you are. And it says it's filled with these terpenes. And you find out that they got terpenes in there from mangoes. They got terpenes in there from grapes. That, really? Like, I want to smoke a grape? You know, yeah. excuse me. So, you know, I, I really believe that though we think a terpene is a terpene is a terpene, I actually think once we start doing the full spectrographic research, we're going to find out that there's an O and a Minus that's a little different, right? Agree. Agree. Like I said, Mother Nature knows how to do it. If we can emulate what she's already doing in the plant and put it into medicine that's reproducible and predictable, we've won. Well, I right. love that. I love that. You know, I will definitely, you guys know Melanie McLaughlin. Do, do you know Leia Heiss? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Leia is now working with my company. She's uh, consulting with us and has been oh, for good. Yeah, yeah. With Leia. Leia had a, a, a venture in Maryland. And so uh, I'll definitely let Leah know that we talked and that, um, you know, maybe there's an opportunity for us to kind of get together synergistically to look at. I got some products that you guys might be interested in. Love it. We'd love that. We'd love to have them manufactured and shipped right with Placeva because we believe the same things. And yep. I'd love to come down there and help you, especially I'd love to sit with you, Doc, uh, both of you. I'd like to sit with you and, and your team and talk about how we could do some things to really, really, really make a difference in the consumer's minds, hearts and minds. I think just like pharma, you know, every day they plug and I know that we don't have the same ability to advertise, but we do have the same ability to educate. We don't have to advertise our brands. Our brands will sell themselves. It's the education, steeping the person in knowledge to make sure they understand that, look, this is what works. And if you find brands that cover this territory, you will probably get the relief that you're looking for. I think that's a win-win. Yeah. And the patients are getting better, Montel. That's the bottom line. The patients are getting better. They're telling their friends, they're telling their family, they're telling their doctors. And it just is a snowball or a, a, it just, it just snowballs. It's, it's wonderful. So yeah, you're Absolutely. right. So now you guys, uh, what's, what's next for the two of you? Are you venturing outside of Maryland? Are you getting ready to start uh, spreading out and becoming MSL yourself? We are hoping to get toward the Midwest later this year. We're in discussions with that. We also have a second product out called Soothe, which is three to one THC to CBD, which is designed for chronic pain. Yeah, you know how Montel, when people are in chronic pain, I know you know a thing or two about this and you need to medicate during the day. Yes. And typically what happens is it just makes you a zombie and you have to go to sleep. 
what we decided is that I've got working moms, I've got judges, I've got attorneys, I've got doctors, I've got all kinds of high power profiled individuals that need to be effective. They're housewives, they're house husbands, whoever they are, they need to be functional during the day. So we intentionally put together a ratio and added terpenes so that it's not a pen that puts you to sleep. It's a pen that helps you focus and helps you medicate with your pain control, but stay alert and, and take care of your family and your job at the same time. So I, I can tell you, we are on you, that we are all on the same page and right. you don't hear, uh, just, I think if I hold this up, you could see this, this, this is, I have four different SKUs that are out right now. They are, um, they are energy, chill, calm, and snooze. All yeah. of them are different configurations of THC, CBD with a different terpene profile for each one of them. Right. With that exact same thought in mind. There are times that I wake up in the morning and, you know, if I see, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a no less than 10 milligrams person. Really. I, I, you know, they sell these gummies and these fives. It's like, give me at least three of them. So I, I'm I, with you. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a two to three uh, gummy guy a night. And so, you know, I can knock that out, but I'll wake up in the morning. I won't be slow or sluggish, but, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and, you know, I want to go ahead and, and hit my day running. So I'll take the energy. Now, the energy one is, you know, 95.5. It's 95% THC, 5% CBD, and I've got special terpenes on top of that to literally give me the clarity. I don't have to take a big rip, but I take it just enough that, it, boom, I'm up, I'm energized. I'll, I could clean the whole house. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I'm moving. And then, you know, when I get to the middle of the afternoon, I don't want to be racy. I have a lot of conversations. I have a lot of uh, business meetings. So I'll drop that down and probably hit my 50-50 a little bit more. So it's 50% THC, 50% CBD. I get home, you know, I'll shift over to, you know, something that's a little bit more like a 90-10 THC, um, CBD to THC, where... You know, I don't want to be racing when I'm getting ready to go to sleep. So, you know, that calms me down a little bit. I'm not couch locked. I'm still clear. I can listen to, watch the news. I can make decisions, but I'm relaxing. And then, you know, if I know that I'm going to check out and go to bed here in about an hour and a half, then, you know, I'll pop my three nighttime gummies and uh, <laughs> I'm good to go. <laughs> Yeah, but that's because you're approaching it like we are as medicine and you're approaching it from a level of sophistication that less is more and that these mm -hmm. ratios actually matter and you're paying attention to the endocannabinoid system. So I guess we are very kindred spirits here, which I'm so. delighted Thank about. You. And, you know, keep going, keep doing this. It's wonderful. Right. Thank you. I, I'm a firm believer. I got to tell you, maybe if you, if you, if you had checked in with me five years ago, you know, people like Wiz Khalifa, Khalifa and Snoop Dogg all said that they would like to try to smoke with my tongue because they, they think they could smoke me out. There, were, there was a time when I was doing, when I had products on the West Coast, I was doing dispensary visits on the West Coast, doing full dab sessions. And I, it, it would not be unlike me to do 30, 40 dab hits in an hour and a half. You know, yeah, wow. crazy, crazy. So I mean, my tolerance was really through the roof. Now, five years ago, I had a stroke and I had nothing to do, I believe, at all with cannabis. It had to do with, you know, uh, that intracranial pressure built up. Uh, you know, I used to be a, a, just a ridiculous um, 
uh, workoutaholic. So I was pushing myself a little bit too hard, way harder than I really should have been. I had a, a, a hemorrhagic stroke. I fortunately am blessed that I survived it. And I will tell you that I was actually consuming a lot of CBD while I was in the hospital. Good. You should, because Correct. we've got good data on that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was consuming a lot of CBD. I, I probably was doing 200 to 250 milligrams a, a day uh, while in there. I recovered very quickly and very well, and I'm very happy about that. But I also noticed that when I went back to trying to consume any THC, it hit me harder than it had ever hit me in the last 10 years. Part of it could have been because I went 60 days without THC. The other part of it was because my brain was like saying, oh, slow down here, homeboy. So I needed to slow down on the THC. Now I found five years later that I honestly, to be honest with you, I really, and this again is where I think the conversations with patients need to go. Is it, I don't, I don't find joy in being overly euphoric. It's, you know, whereas there was a day where I used to think I couldn't get high enough, but now, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I could take a rip and I'm good to go. You know, and that lasts me for for two and a, an hour, and I'll take another little rip, and that'll last me for another hour. I'm good to go. But that's that's because we're changing, right? We're not all 17 right. anymore. We're not 27. We're not 47. We're not 57. Right. So it is, it's it evolves as we evolve. Our bodies change over time. But the bottom line is that we need to pay attention to our bodies. We need to Absolutely. listen to what our bodies are saying. And be brave enough to buck the system and to do something differently and hope for a better outcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. We see a lot of people with Crohn's and GI issues that are having phenomenal response to cannabis. Crohn's is, I, I've, I have a, a friend of mine who literally every time he, he even calls me, it's like, dude, where can I get your stuff now? I'm in California. I said, well, you got to get in Massachusetts. Well, next time I come out, I'll bring some to you because, I mean, literally, um, this person has had some real difficult, my, and I also have a son who's had some difficulty with um, ulcerative colitis, and he finds amazing relief from cannabis, especially edible. So, um, yeah. Exactly. Right through that GI tract. Right. And Montel, we're doing a study on that right now, actually. We're, we're um, one of the study sites that, that is um, currently running this, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. And what I'll tell you is that my own personal GI doc if he were on here right now, he would say, mm -hmm. Leslie, I have never recommended a medication that had a hundred percent success rate until I started recommending cannabis. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's really powerful. And that's the kind of information that needs to be, you know, gotten out to all the consumers in America. So they understand that they have at least options. Yeah. That's what's so important. And, and I really want to say this, I want to say this to all the listeners. It's not necessarily about getting high. Our mm -hmm. patients are 80 years old. You know, they're they're not interested in being altered or high. They just want to feel better. They just want to get off yeah. their medications. They want to sleep at night. I mean, what a treat to get a good night's sleep. They want to not have their heart racing in their chest with anxiety or PTSD. They just want to get off of their opioids or their benzos or whatever they're on. It's not about getting high. It's not whatever Nancy Reagan said to us back in the 80s. This is your no. brain. This is your brain on drugs. It's not that at all. It's it's medicine designed to help you live your best life. And there's nothing wrong with having a little smile on your face. No kidding. No kidding. Okay. And we haven't even talked about the whole sex thing yet. Speaking of a smile on yeah, yeah, yes. You know what I mean. Uh -huh. right, sure. Absolutely. Well, look, let's, let's definitely 
circle back again. It's been too long, ladies, since I had you on. I really can't wait for an opportunity to talk to you again. So anytime you have anything you want to share, let's do it. Um, you can come back on here anytime you need. And I, I, I think probably right after the first of the year, we've got some very interesting, and I'm, I'm going to have Mel in my office reach out to you because um, we've got some very interesting opportunities around the country. So if you're looking to kind of shift around, you know, there's some ways that we might be able to do that together. I love it. I think you need an addition of a woman's line to your line. Yeah, no Come kidding. On, I can help you with that. Hey, no question. No question. I can also help you add the uncle into the conversation. Right? Like that. Love that. Because there's not, I don't know, too many nieces that don't like the uncles. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, ladies. Look, you have a great day. Stay well. Um, I hope you have a wonderful, marvelously happy holiday coming up. Okay. Thank you. Me too. For sure. And let's, let's stay in touch. All right. Now make sure you tune in to the next Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also. So please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.